Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we've got some news type things to talk about, mostly rumors, but an Agatha feature was was dropped on the WandaVision Blu-ray, DVD, Steelbook, box set thing, and we're going to talk about that, and, you know, some feedback that we may or may not get to all of. <coughs> all that and more of this that we have no control over. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff. It's good to Matt. have you back, buddy. I know we, we had a couple weeks uh, after Loki, you couldn't make it, and it's just good to be chatting with you again. And timing sucks, you know? <laughs> just in general. Like, oh yeah, sure. Just timing things. I know. I hate those little things where you're trying to win the tickets in the arcade and they spin around and you hit it. My timing sucks is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I just, there's not enough time in the day for me to do mm. everything that I want to do. Oh, me too. And, oh, me know, too. prioritization's a, a tough, uh, a tough thing to learn. Yeah. Me and, uh, me and my, my, my girlfriend just, we're, we're raising my niece now and, um, it's just sort of this, like, we have so many goals every day of like, yeah. all right, we're going to get all of this done. And it'll be like a list of things. And it's just like, it, our time is not our own. You know what I mean? Like we don't yep. decide. It's like, we have this big day planned. Oh, four hours got eaten up by your kid doing something bad at school or this or that. She did something very bad at school this week, which I won't flame her for on the podcast, but it was very bad. And we got, Oof. Uh, had bit we had we spent an hour and a half inside the principal's office today. Oh, uh, so just man, you know, our time man. is not our own. We we just keep thinking like, well, why am I so frustrated and not be able to get everything done? Oh, right, we don't own our time anymore. Like like yeah. we just can't. Like they're just some days we can't do what we want to do. Yeah, having a kid does that. It's it's crazy. Like the like I I was you know before the second divorce, <laughs> I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had acquired a, a family, uh, you know, complete with still, kids and everything. I still think one of my favorite jokes about when when you when you were you decided to step away from the podcast when you were trying to make your your second marriage work. Uh, you were trying to you decided to step away from the podcast for you know you, you stayed away for a few months or whatever. Um, and uh, I, I just said to you, Jeff, you've been with the podcast longer. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Choose us over her. <laughs> yep. Choose us over them. And guess what? We're guess still what, here. <laughs> We're still here. <laughs> We've been through it. We've been through everything together. <laughs> oh, man. That, oh. I think from the funny. beginning of both. So this is getting way personal. Sorry. I oh, think yeah. from the beginning and end of both marriages, right? Yeah. We started yeah. before, I couldn't remember if we started before you got married the first time, or in the middle of it. We got started uh, when I was, oh, that was 2014? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a few months before the first marriage, yeah. Yeah. Because that next March is when that, that first marriage <laughs> happened. We're still here! <laughs> 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 Anybody that thinks I'm afraid of commitment? Nah. <laughs> Next time you get married, I'm going to be like, sure, you can have him for however many nights this is, but he's going home with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <All> right. That's <laughs> my bad relationship choices are just <laughs> becoming so dark and weird. Yeah, it's really really a dark joke we're having here. Sorry about that, yeah. everybody. Um, <laughs> right, right at the beginning of the podcast. Hey, you I know, know that, that institution of marriage that sounds so great? Nah. <laughs> the podcast will last you longer. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, 
until death of the MCU cast do we part. That's right. That's right. Uh, until <laughs> until death of the MCU do us part, right? Like, oh, yeah, 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 we're yeah. with it till the universe dies, uh, <laughs> till full <laughs> reboot occurs, <laughs> and even then, even then, we'll probably continue talking about these characters. Oh shit! <laughs> the thing that I was trying to get to is that, like, when I acquired that family, it was like, you know, every bit of time went to the kids or uh, the podcast, and you know, there was no time for anything else. And yeah. like, I didn't have hobbies anymore. My hobbies mm-hmm. went away. Like my, and maybe that's, maybe that's why I, maybe that's why that marriage ended was because I was trying so hard yeah. to go to the podcast. When you, when you try so hard, you have to, in any relationship, you know, as you said, sanctity of marriage and all that, but like, uh. I don't want to. I don't want to insult the sanctity of marriage that pe- people. Uh, but like any relationship where you have to like give up everything you, everything else you love <laughs> to yeah. make it work, and like don't have any time to be yourself and be you in your own setting, is 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 it's hard. It's just hard. Like I've I hear been that's there. problematic. Yeah, it's problematic. I, I've I've also had a, had relationships like that. Um, that sort of just slowly eat away at each part of your life until that's the, that's all you're allowed to do if you want to maintain peace in the relationship. It's like, well, no, we gotta, you gotta be you, I gotta be me, and we gotta come together to be us. You know what I mean? Like, you can't yeah. let yourself be consumed completely. You didn't think this was going to turn into a psychology of of relationships podcast episode, did you? Chatting about life, Jeff. We just chatting about life. <laughs> There's no new content. We got to talk about something. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so we do have news, and I think a good bit of interesting news, honestly. Um, particularly, uh, the it was announced this week, or it was reported this week, that Michael Waldron will be leading the writing for Avengers Kang Dynasty. Why, Michael Waldron of Loki writing yes, fame? Yes, he is the writer on Loki. Um, he's the one. It is. It's, he's the created by credits. Oh. Um, and he's, I think, listed on all 12 episodes. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, and then also yeah. he was a writer on um, Multiverse of Madness. So he's deep in the multiverse stuff for for Marvel. Um, the biggest thing for me about this story, though, is that like they're still giving Avengers Kang Dynasty a writer. Right. And they're still calling it Avengers Kang Dynasty. <laughs> exactly. And maybe that will change. I've heard a lot of people... T- talking about different things they could do and different options. Obviously we've talked about the possibility of uh, doom replacing Kang. That was a, that was a story I think we talked about last week um, or two weeks ago. And um, another one is like, then maybe they'll do like kind of a secret wars part one and two sort of situation instead of like, like Kang dynasty just kind of gets skipped over and we just go straight to secret wars. Like there's a lot of options like that out there. Um, But just the fact that they're still calling this Kang Dynasty and naming a new writer for it. And it's the writer who created Loki, which heavily features Kang and Jonathan Majors. It's, it's, it's interesting because that, that writer has worked so much with that character and that yeah. actor. And we'll see if that means that they're heading towards this, like doing this movie the way they've been planning all along. Sure. Um, there's another thing that might come of that, actually, uh, now that I think about it. Um, so in the comics, there was an event, uh, known as AVX, Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah. And that was basically like, um, the, you know, the, the mutants have, you know, the population has dwindled or, uh, become almost extinct after, you know, M day or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then like only a hundred left. Right. Isn't that right? It was like 198 or something. Oh, okay. Um, but like the, the whole thing was that like the Avengers handle, you know, the big world threatening events or whatever. And they never really care about what happens to mutants, even though there's a couple of mutants on the team, but there's not like, really a uh, a tie to the X-Men and I feel like they could use that kind of uh that kind of idea of Avengers versus X-Men along with the incursions mm. uh 
And because like some of that was happening as well, if memory serves. Uh, it's been a while since I've read AV- AVX. Um, but then like they could use that idea of Avengers versus X-Men and have like the team from one universe battling against the team from this universe. And um, with especially at the end of, of Multiverse of Madness, where you know Doctor Strange is going to try to fix incursions, like that that kind of just leads right into that of like, oh, you caused these universes to collide, and now the people are like at war with each other. Like the superhero teams that are defending the worlds are fighting against each other, and then they have to come together to fight, you know, solve the bigger problem or whatever, lead directly into Secret Wars kind of thing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And spoiler alert for Miss Marvel. I'm sorry, the Marvels. Um, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, three, two, one. Beast, Beast. Is at the end. <laughs> and that that's that's another part of it is that like they showed us Beast in yeah. that other universe there, mm-hmm. and like we've seen Professor X in you know yes. the eight one eight eight three eight eight three eight eight one eight is the uh, area code. <laughs> for phone numbers here. <laughs> that's funny. That's the thing that's like so interesting about that appearance of Beast at the end of the Marvels. What universe is that? Yeah, is that the 838? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it can't be, though. Because he said Charles wants something, and Charles Xavier in 838 is dead. Unless we have some time hinkiness going on, which is possible, but not likely. Because... I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to place this all in time because, um, <laughs> sure, Doctor Strange happens. Do we do we have a locked in time for when Doctor Strange happens, or could it possibly slide around in the time? I'm sure in the time official timelines they've released, but I can't remember in the movie if there's anything. That, we know it happens after No Way Home. Yep, but we don't know anything else. And No Way Home happened. Six months to a year after Endgame. Right. So we just don't, I don't know if we have an exact timeline on what it is. So that's just me being overly cautious, but it, it like, it, it seems like that's already happened. I, they generally release them in release in chronological order unless otherwise specified. Sure. The real question, though, for that at least, is like, where did the Marvels happen in the timeline? Because, like, we're pretty certain on where Doctor Strange is, but where did the Marvels happen in the timeline? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, we know it happened after Secret Invasion. Yep. Well, do we? Like, we thought we did. Um, And they had that meeting that they talk about at the end of Secret Invasion. They're going to, like, the Kree and the Skrull are going to meet. So... Mm Mm-hmm. We know that seems like it's happened right after, but like they don't have any, like that could be a different meeting. I, I don't know. It just felt, it, 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 and it felt like a completely different fury. Yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so the like, thing that really frustrates me is it's clear. I, I, I don't know if we, you were on the cast when we talked about this. I think it was me and Ashley. Um, to me, it is clear there were darker moments in the Marvels that they got they cut out because. I think we were supposed to know that he had a wife and that she was on that council on that planet when it was getting destroyed. And I think either like it would have really personalized it for Fury if his wife was on the planet. And instead we got no mention that he's married to a scroll. Like that makes no sense to me why they would have that in the show mention that she's going to work on the council and then she's not shown or mentioned at the council this being attacked like that should have been like a thing that personalized the story for fury like yeah she also doesn't show up again so she could have died there like that could yep. have been fury losing his wife but we get none of that like in in the marvels it just stays really like light and happy and kind of fun like and then on that same scene, you know, movies tend to have this arc of like exciting adventure, dark moment of the soul, and then they kind of lift up at the end. Yeah, the Marvels had a moment where like Captain Marvel abandons all those people because she has to. She thinks yeah. she has to. You gotta and save Marvel's- everybody that you can. Right, and Miss Marvel becomes disillusioned, and that would have been the same moment where we would have found out Fury had either lost his wife or been like, you know. Anyway, I've said this on another episode, so I'm just reiterating <laughs> it for you. Thank you. You can, you know, I don't listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
it just seems like there's a missing dark moment of the soul, and it seems like sure. there was a big setup for it, and then it didn't happen. And it just like, what? Why? I think they were going for that sort of with the uh, the singing, dancing water planet, uh, or the planet where water was taken, you know, <laughs> with those targeted uh, jump points. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, is, like, that... Good point. But that's the thing, like, that's another big moment that should have been, like, oh, man, we lost a lot of people, but, like, it felt like they just jumped right back into the fun battle. You know what I mean? Like, as if it does not feel... ah, I really like the movie. I really do. But it feels like Marvel is steering away from having heavy stakes. And with same thing with Love and Thunder... Um, with it seemed like there was more they cut out that would have made that movie darker, and I I just think they're making a bad decision. I think they're making like the decision to go with like, hey, let's keep it light and fun. Everybody likes a fun Marvel movie instead of being like, no. Some of the things people love about Marvel movies is like, is the darkness of Tony when he's like in the cave hammering away. You know what I mean? Like, there's those yeah. dark moments too. Well, the, it's the conflict. It's the it's the internal conflict that we love so much. Like, yeah, the I I was just thinking about the Winter Soldier. Like, that was such a huge thing of like Cap seeing his best friend from back in the day, mm-hmm. and like he could have just taken him out, right? He could have just ended the Winter Soldier and been like, cool, threat resolved. Like we won. Mm-hmm. But no, that's his best friend. That is a person that he. Like, he would have taken so many bullets for it. Probably did. Would have mm-hmm. taken, you know, like, this is a guy that he grew up with. So, like, he's very conflicted. And he he has to, at the end of the day, do the right thing for, like, for society, you know, and stop Hydra. But, like, that doesn't necessarily include killing his best friend. Because, like, he can get him back is, you know, that was his thought. So, like, that kind of that kind of conflict and that that sort of like internal struggle and like having options in front of you that like man these all suck and like trying to mm-hmm. do the right thing and figure out what the right thing is that's what's so great about the these marvel films mm-hmm. well and i think they've just in lieu of quiet darker moments they have decided to make as much as they can, like everything fun and exciting and like referential. And I think it's just, they've lost what some, they've lost some of the things. Like I still love the movies. <laughs> They're stealing our thing. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. We're supposed to talk about how fun and silly and referential it is. And like, then you guys make us get, you got to give us more to reference later, you know? Yeah. Like I think about the thing that popped into my mind, you're talking about Winter Soldier being popped into my mind was, um, Erskine, sitting with a young Steve Rogers and having a glass of whiskey and just talking about what it means to be like strong and like what it means to have power. And like, it's like a quiet moment of two just adults sitting in a dank, like tent drinking whiskey, like, well, one drinking whiskey, one drinking two portions, no fluids. You can't have a procedure (laughs) tomorrow. So it's a great joke. But it also, like, they let that moment, like, linger, and they yeah. let you feel Steve Rogers' like, sphere of the next day. Like, Yeah, they let us sit yeah. in the emotional weight of that moment, mm-hmm. you know, for long enough to let it sink in before yeah. they were like, here's a funny thing. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's funny thing there. But it doesn't ruin the moment. No, no. It, it feels funny coming from a character in Dark Moment. It, it feels like that kind of humor that a character would have there. Um, yeah, it, it, it's as much as I do love these movies still, and I think they're great. I just think they're like, they think Maybe the heart hit. of it is gone. No, not fully, no. not fully by any means, but like miss the mark a little bit. They're just, they're just sort of like, they're, they're forgetting what works. Sure. Man, y'all forgot where you came from. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. And, and like, again, not I'm not off the wagon. Like, I love Lo- Loki is amazing. God, Loki lets so us good. have those moments, you know? Yeah. And they should take a page from that. They should hear these reviews and what people are saying about Loki, and they should go like, oh, Loki has some weird, dark stuff in it. Loki has him lose, spoiler alert for Loki, three, two, <laughs> one. 
everybody turns the strings in his hands and it's like really sad. And at the yeah. end, it's like this weird dark ending where he sits on a throne by himself. Like those are beautiful, like pathos filled dark moments that are also beautiful. Yeah. Where you have to make the bigger sacrifice, like the sacrifice play to be able to save as many people as you can. Yeah. And it just feels like they, they're trying to make the big pop bubblegum popcorn movies of that. And then they're not letting them breathe. I mean, the Marvels again, shortest movie they've ever made. It's just like, nope, yeah. we're going to cut out all the dark stuff and make it fun. And I'm just, that's a speculation. I don't know if there was dark stuff in there, but like, it seems like there was. It feels like they saw the negative reaction to Secret Invasion and took out a whole Nick Fury subplot. Um, <laughs> and I am annoyed at that. Sure, sure. The theory I posited on the previous episode was that that Nick Fury subplot was also where you really got the Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel discussing what happened on the planet and like discussing sacrifice and all that stuff. And like, we really missed out on those, that dark moment of the soul because it was a combined scene and they were like, we need to lose this Nick Fury thing that nobody liked. And they just ripped the whole thing out. Like, that's, it's my theory. Ooh, I don't know if yeah. it's true, but it feels true. <laughs> <laughs> that's the head cannon. <laughs> well, so maybe we'll get those, those nice, like, you know, deeply rooted, for lack of a better term, <laughs> like a tree, you know, mm. like Yggdrasil, ah, mm-hmm. deeply rooted character moments with Michael Waldron going to uh, be the head writer on Avengers. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. And him having experience with a lot of the main players, um, with uh, America Chavez, who I'm sure will be important to the multiverse saga going forward with her power set. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and Doctor Strange, of course. Uh, Wanda, if she returns, uh, any version of Wanda, she, he, he, the the multiverse, Loki, like the TVA, like all these things that Michael Waldron helped create, are things that like will be important in a Kang dynasty. Yeah. So in the multiverse yeah. saga, I'm down. I'm down. Hell yeah! You mentioned Wanda. I think Wanda is going to be like Wanda's super important for Agatha, right? Yes. And like the the Agatha um, featurette happened on the Wandavision. Yes, box yes, set. yes, yes, yes. Uh, and we're going to talk about it right after this. Ooh, ooh! Look at that tease. That was nice. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to and the Marvel we're Cinematic back. <laughs> Come on. Sorry. <laughs> okay. The <laughs> Yes, as you mentioned before we took our break, Agatha um ha- dropped a uh featurette on the WandaVision box set. Uh what what do you think? What do you think of this featurette? A lot of new little like behind the scenes footage and such? Yeah, yeah, there's um there's a, a fair amount of like footage from the WandaVision series, which you know, of course we we uh, expect on the the WandaVision box set. But this featurette is talking specifically about like the character of Agatha and why they chose to do an Agatha series and how that spinoff's going to work and like yep. uh, Darkhold Diaries is what yeah. it's called. Oh, oh, right, right, Darkhold Diaries. Um, it's hard because it was. House of Harkness, Coven of Chaos, Darkhold Diaries. God. Um, but, Pick uh, a name, guys. Yeah. 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 Um, they, 
Catherine Hahn talks in that about how like Agatha, the character would like love the fact that she was a spinoff. Like, you know, like yeah, the, 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 the sort of meta character. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's super fun. And so like, we didn't see anything that was like from the camera perspective, we didn't get anything that was like, uh, yeah. like actual footage only behind from, the scenes from Agatha Darkhold diaries. But we did get behind the scenes stuff that like, that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. The thing that I found most interesting was well, well, there's a shot in it that in this featurette that focuses on a neon sign that says past, present, future. And yep. we've talked a lot about how like, we think this show would work really well as like sort of a flashbacky type show because Agatha has been around so long and kind of tell her story from the past and, and the present sort of a loss type type of show, I think. Yeah. Cause that's where we really got to know Agatha in WandaVision is when we walked through uh, Wanda's past and everything that happened. Yes, absolutely. And we even get to see, yeah, I think it's the beginning of that episode. We get to see her like in the, 1800s or 1700s, something like that, getting yeah. her powers and stuff from her coven or whatever. Um, the, the the thing that interests me, though, was the so we kind of have that going, but we see her in outfits from WandaVision, but shooting new scenes. Yep. So to me, it seems that we're going to relive a lot of moments from Agatha's perspective on WandaVision, like the time period of WandaVision. It shows her throughout the decades of WandaVision. Like she's in her little 80s workout outfit. She's in her modern family style outfit. She's yeah. in, um, and they're new scenes, which means they're going to somehow re either she's going to go through some stuff where she actually goes back in time again, sort of, or these are just scenes that are going to like pick out moments from the WandaVision series and show more things, you know? Well, there's there's one in particular, uh, a minute and two seconds in. Mm. It's a shot that is her in that 80s uh, exercise outfit. Yeah. And she looks like she's in a medical examiner's office, like a coroner's office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a table with a body and uh, a, like a body with a cloth draped over it behind her. Yes. In that, in that shot. So like- mm-hmm. That was never featured in in WandaVision, right? Like, yeah, a coroner's office was never a thing. So, like, they're they're digging into something. I don't, I, I can't. Like, there's not enough of that shot of that scene to to tell. But like, they're digging into something. Yes, there also was a few other little featured things on the DVD that showed some interesting tidbits that could be related. Like, they show, um. They 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 reveal a, a deleted scene where Ralph Boner is revealed to be the witness that Jimmy Woo is looking for, which is just kind of a weird little thing. And also, sure. <laughs> there's a scene that shows her flirting in in her 1950s or like in her housewife character. She's flirting with a fireman. Um, she like says. You do. Something like, uh, oh, I could use mouth to mouth. Um, she's like, I'm, I'm okay, but I could use mouth to mouth. Um, so she's, she's got a whole, like, th- there are other little tidbits that are showing things from the WandaVision time period that, like, may give us even more clues as to what's going on in this show, you know? There's another shot in this thing at, a, at about a minute 11. It looks like it's that same coroner's office, but her outfit her her hair and makeup and outfit have changed to not be the 80s style anymore hmm like she seems to be in just like a modern uh like a turtleneck basically yeah i see that and and, well the thing is what's really interesting is if we do see her in the wandavision era we might get sort of this like behind the scenes of wandavision like like it's where she spin-off. was working in the background the whole time? Yeah, exactly. So like that, the fact that, that she's that, that, in her 80s attire in that scene and then she's also wearing her regular clothes or whatever, like it it makes sense that cuz she could be like hopping around. She could oh, be yeah. popping in and out of character, I guess is what I'm saying. Or like uh oh, I get you. Um it might be oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So like I'm sorry, disjointed thoughts are are uh, an issue. <laughs> for us um what if that was like a scene where she was in that medical examiner's office and was looking at or like you know 
trying to investigate something like figuring out what's going on with this body or whatever. Uh, and then she, like her costume was changed into that eighties, uh, you know, workout outfit because like her scene was coming up and Wanda like thought of her and like, that was the, the cue to like, Oh, I gotta go. Cause I'm, you know, I'm in a scene coming up. I gotta go to this thing. Mm, yeah. I can't do this this thing that I want anymore because, you know, it's it's time for me to go do a scene. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. I like that. Um either that or when Wanda put the hex on her to stay uh Agatha, maybe she's sort of like maybe she's shifting between the versions of herself. Like Ooh. still. Like cause at the end she kind of turns into a modern version of Agatha as like the character. But what if she's like she could still be playing the different versions of herself from the different time periods, like kind of warping back and forth. Yeah. Like today she wakes up and she's eighties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's less likely, but it's possible. Sure. There's an odd shot in there that looks like there's Aubrey Plaza. Yes. In a, um, in some, some rigging to like lift her up. Mm hmm. And, um, and she's in like a and, cloak. Yeah. Well, it looks like a, like a robe. Yeah. And I, I'm hmm, I'm wondering if the the outfit that it looks like she's in that that Aubrey Plaza's in looks uh bizarre, you know? Like it's got cutouts yeah. in the in the waist and in the shoulders, but she I looks think like some that, sort of magic user if if I, Yeah, like, looks which, like a magic user. And I'm I'm wondering if if she's like potentially related to Clea and and uh the whole Doctor Strange thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that's the thing is like this is a window into the WandaVision world, of course, but it's also the bigger story here is that we might get Mephisto, we might get connections to Clea and Doctor Strange, what they're doing. We might find out more about the multiverse through the eyes of magic users, you know? Yep. Um, I don't know, man. This, this, it's very exciting. So definitely you should check out this feature. They've got it on uh, Agatha Darkhold Diaries' first look HD preview or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, you, can find it. It. you can find it on YouTube. <laughs> Um, pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, okay. So we also, we got, we got a little news thing. So let's give move, move, move on, I guess. Um, Chris Evans and Tom Holland both came out with statements this week, which well, were asked in interviews about returning to their roles of Captain America and Spider-Man. And both of them gave like, in my opinion, strangely similar answers. So I put these two stories together cause I just thought they were interesting. Like that basically Chris Evans said, no one's spoken to me about it turning he's talking about and look i will never say never but re but i really i'm very protective it's a very precious role to me so it would have to be just right okay. and then also tom holland came out and, uh, someone asked him about it he said all i can say is that we are uh have been actively engaging in conversations about what it could potentially look like um, for a fourth rendition of my character, whether or not we can find a way to do it justice to the character is another thing. I feel very protective over Spider-Man. He goes on to say more things, but that's like, it just, I just found that interesting that they both are coming out with such similar statements, like a, in the same week, the same couple days, really, those, those articles dropped. I know yeah, it's sort of like very protective. Yeah. They're both talking like, about how like, almost like they've been fed that by some legal team or <laughs> my, my theory. My my uh, uh, red string theory, let's call it, uh, is that there are talks actively happening right now, sure. and this is their this is their public stance to say, Marvel, I'm willing, but you better better back up the money truck, or like you you know this is the negotiation <laughs> sort of part of the story. Like they're they're interested, sure. they but they're also putting forth this like I would return. If it was right, which sort of like lends itself to like, if I return, you know, it's right, which like lends me to say like, they're going to announce eventually that they're returning and you can know that they're good stewards of these characters, 
when people leave these roles for good, you often hear them kind of shit talk. Those characters are like, you know, it was fun playing a, a like comic book character for kids for a while. Like that kind of stuff starts to yeah. come out. But in these, they, they just feel very much like I might return to this role that is very important and precious. And I would never do a movie that's not great in theaters in 2027. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be <laughs> wonderful. Sure. Yeah. Or it could just be the generic response that oh, like yeah. they're just leaving it open. Nope, Jeff. I'm right. It's totally. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, it's just my conspiracy theory. And I love that the quote from Tom Holland is like so much longer than Chris Evans' quote. Oh yeah, well, they, I'm sure they, they both went on in the interviews, but uh, well, like Tom Holland is so like verbose and and ADHD and blabby. Like he cannot True. stop talking, so like it makes True. sense. Which has got him in trouble on multiple occasions. It has. <laughs> <laughs> I I love though that you know Tom specifically says that you know they've been actively engaging in conversations about it. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously, would be for like a character that is still like actively you know, in the MCU, I would be surprised if Chris Evans, uh, Captain America doesn't show up in a brave new world. Oh man. Let's get him and Isaiah Bradley together. And they're yeah. just like playing dominoes uh, on the park, <laughs> on the park table. Yes. Or chess, you know, either one, they've got two tables, one's chess and one's dominoes. Do it at the same time. Cause yeah. they're super soldiers. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that so much. I want it. I want that. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a really fun idea. Um, and, you know, we, we now know the Young Avengers are going to be a thing. Spoiler alert again. Yeah. Uh, right. Because Ms. Marvel ended, or uh, the, Marvels the Marvels ended with Ms. Marvel going around putting together a team. So I, I think the, the Young Avengers are happening. And so we're going to need our uh, uh, Patriot, right? Isn't that the... Yep. Patriot is the character. Patriot. That, uh, Bradley. What's his name? Uh, that was Elijah. Elijah, Elijah Bradley. Bradley. Thank you. Yep. Been a, while, been a while since we talked about all this comic books. Um, <laughs> and the last story, uh, which is definitely just rumor, just all rumor, but Anya Taylor-Joy is rumored to be a Fantastic Four character. Uh, she's a lead in Queen's Gambit, and specifically been rumored to possibly be the Silver Surfer. But she was... She was Ileana. Who's... She was Ileana Rasputin. It, wait, when? In what? In uh, New Mutants. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, she was um, Magic is the character name. Interesting. Uh, the little sister of Colossus. I had totally forgotten that. Yeah. <laughs> she was the one that, uh, that yelled, Demon Bear! Uh, that's nice. the one line I remember from that movie. That's funny. She's such a like Hollywood darling now after Queen's Gambit and other roles she's played since. Uh, yeah. Was that the, not, the, not the chef? Was it called The Chef? That horror sort of draw, not horror really, but like, oh, uh, was it, I think it was called the menu. That's it. You're right. That's it. The menu. Great. Yeah. Great weird movie. I liked that movie a lot. I never um, saw it. Oh, it's it's weird. <laughs> I love weird movies. I'm gonna go watch it right I'll spoil now it for you off cast if you want. Um, oh, don't do that. Okay. Well, it's it's been years. I didn't know if you were interested in it, but it's it's a, it came out in 2022 been years man yeah multiple years clearly multiple years um it does feel like a while ago i, I guess because it was a i think it was a 2023 like movie oscars contenders i don't know maybe not i don't can't remember whatever uh it's weird because she was she's such an oscar darling now but to know that she was in the new mutants like back then feels weird like it's that was a while ago and it feels like her being a small character in new mutants is is cool <laughs> and, and weird. She wasn't a small character in New Mutants. Like she I just mean one small character. Ones, you All know? characters in New Mutants were small. <laughs> That's fair. The movie was small, right? Like, and not to say it was bad. It had its it had its uh, moment, but like the fact that it, it, she's a lesser known Marvel character is what I was getting at. Not sure. that she's a small movie mirror character in that movie, but now being considered for uh, 
Silver Surfer. What do you think? I, I that, to get back to the story. No. <laughs> no? No Silver no. Surfer for her? No, not Silver Surfer. Who who you think? No. I think she she does really I... well with like the flat affect. Um which again <laughs> I, I know very little of the Silver Surfer except like some of the cartoon and uh, the Rise of the Silver Surfer portrayal that I saw in the '90s or whatever. No, Rise of the Silver Surfer was 2000s, 2003, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. It's around the same Spider-Man 2000s era. Oh, sorry, it's 2007. Wow, wow, that's later than I expected. Yeah, I, I thought so because I know that Spider-Man was like the first of the big Marvel successes uh, spider-man and x-men both came out in 2000 X-Men. i think yeah um and those were the big like whoa <laughs> kind of like marvel's doing marvel's, cool stuff marvel could do things and i think fantastic four kind of followed that trend yeah they they tried to ride on those coattails yeah yeah i think anya taylor joy though would be a good fit for uh sue storm mm, maybe yeah like if they're doing a younger team or a yeah. younger F4, you know? Yeah. Which I have no idea what they're going for, especially with the rumors of Pedro Pascal Ooh. as uh, Mr. Fantastic. Let's not put him and Anya Taylor-Joy together. That would be really weird. Yeah, that would be a little weird. A little weird. <laughs> um, anyway, well, that's, that's, that's the news we had uh, for today. Well, uh, we kind of got, we got, we got a number of feedbacks. Choose your own adventure, Jeff. This okay. is for you. you, you uh, we, got, we got feedbacks that are just sort of general feed. We got three, three tranches of feedbacks in our doc here. We got tranches. Uh, <laughs> uh, regular old term. Like feedback that's, you know, just stuff that has nothing to do with the Marvels or Loki. And then we have the okay. Marvels and we have Loki feedback. What do you feel like talking about? Oh, I'll tell you what I feel like talking about right after this. Oh, a tease? And we're back. <laughs> Jeff, why would you yeah. wait people? Why would you tease, tease us all like that? Oh, that, was, that was, it's rough. I figured that was a, a good cliffhanger, you know? It was, it was. Well, what what would you prefer to talk about? Uh, well, Loki's the most fun, right? Okay. Loki's the, uh, yeah. the best thing that happens in sliced bread, right? I do, I do love it. I do love it so much. And you and Ashley have been taking all the Loki feedback. I haven't gotten to talk about any of it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We did the Marvels last time you were on. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Let's dive into some Loki feedback then. Okay, then. All right. So first up, we got a feedback from a patron, Andre Sparks. Andre Sparks debate with... <laughs> see what I did there? See what name. Hey, Ashley, Matt, and Jeff, hope you're all doing well. After Loki, I had a thought. I don't think we ever got the answer to the question, why is the sacred timeline so important? Here's a thought. Because Kang is fearful that Iron Man could take him down. Is it possible that he who remains set up the flow of time in a way that Tony Stark died while fighting Thanos, giving Kang the opportunity to invade time? Maybe Kang wants to take out the smartest people in the MCU. Mr. Fantastic and Professor X have already been taken out in uh, the A38 universe. What do you think? Do you think this was his plan? Why do you think the sacred timeline is so important? Keep up the good work, Andre. Um, I don't know if I would say the sacred timeline is important, except that in his version of reality, it's the only timeline that can exist. The way he explains it is just like this I had to choose to protect one timeline or they would all go, right? Like, that's the way he explains it. And then he kind of explains that if he doesn't protect a single timeline, then that time, the timeline will be invaded by infinite Kangs and a multiversal war will start. And it's just lots of chaos and destruction. Um, So I think, uh, I don't, I don't know that there is a reason except for that according to him, and that's the only real narrative we have. But he could be lying. Oh, for sure. So there's a possibility <laughs> there's something else going with that. And also, I just assume it's the kind of like the fail-safe and everything with Loki Season 2. It's like, is it... It could just be that he needs the timeline to be this certain way so that like, like he's put a Victor Timely in a certain place ready to be the failsafe. He's done this, he's done a few things. He's built the timeline in such a way to protect 
the timeline itself. So it seems sort of this like self repeating, self protecting timeline that he's created over time. And I also think that the sacred timeline has changed. Like I think he makes changes. He says it to Loki and Sylvie in, in the end of episode uh, six of uh, season one, he says, okay, listen, I'll remake the timeline so that you guys both get a place on it together. It's, it'll be weird because, you know, you two are the same person, but, you know, whatever. Miss Minutes said that. Oh, that's, you're right. You're right. You're totally right. Miss Minutes says that before they, they bump into Kang. And knowing now that Miss Minutes knew him mm-hmm. so well and was, like, so tied to him. Yeah. That could be just her way of trying to, like, to, to be that buffer and, like, mm-hmm. have him not be killed. Well, and that's the, that's the thing. Uh, that's a great point. You know, we talked about that at the beginning of season two. Why does Miss Minutes do that right before Kang offers them the other way? Like, to offers his back to her, basically. Like, says, kill me if you want. Um, before that happens, Miss Minutes offers them to go back on the timeline. Now that we know Miss Minutes is obsessively in love with He Who Remains... Like yep. it makes a lot of sense that even if Kang's plan was for her to come in and have the chance to kill him or take and take over, or kill him or take over, it makes a lot of sense that a obsessively in love clock lady was like, "Hey, how about I make you a place on the timeline? <laughs> like you can yep. come away." Um, so anyway, my point is, I think that e- apparently even, even Miss Minutes believes she can make changes to the timeline. So I don't think there's anything particularly special about the sacred timeline, except that it serves the purpose of being the only timeline. Right. Well, like it's the way that things happened to lead to this version of Kang being in control. Like he who remains like that it's. There's some wiggle room, right? Like, right. that's why the there's, like, some variations can occur, and, like, things can happen a little bit differently or whatever. But, like, based on what we saw in uh, Season 2, it looks like there's multiple, like, several different timelines that all can coexist as long as they have that similarity and are close enough, you know, not branching off enough to, right. to be too terribly different yeah. so that they can go through the loom. Yes. And so, like, that... That makes it to where, like, the sacred timeline, quote unquote, is like, is a little, it's a little shifty. It's a little squiffy. It could be any of those. Yeah. Which we've talked about since the first episode. How does that work? And we've talked about how it looked like an undulating group of timelines. Yeah. And it apparently is. The loom just has to tie them together so that they don't cross the red line. They don't cross the streams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The so they don't get outside the red line. Yeah. So. I want oh man and there was a there was a behind the scenes thing um that showed the the scene with Victor Timely uh in his workshop and the the thing on the screen like cuz it was one of those you know it was a a shot of the camera or it was a shot of like the monitor uh for what was going on and it had on on the screen that it was uh paradox was talking yeah like, it named oh, yeah. him paradox yeah, yeah. good call i did i forgot to mention that so um, with him being referred to as paradox, that makes me think that he who remains grabbed a younger version of himself and stuck him in the timeline there in a place where like he could, you know, he could just grow up and eventually uh live and die like normal. Yep. Unless something happened to him and mm-hmm. he needed a contingency and said, you know, if I die, give this book to him, and that will spark a whole thing of, you know, a big variation there, and, like, create this guy who can, uh, you know, who can fix everything and bring me back, basically. Yes, which, that's what I, that's my theory has been for, mo- like, a month now, whatever, that's, that's what Victor Timely was, but the thing is, he didn't fix it. So, like, and as far as we could tell, was never meant to. So what was Victor Timely then meant to do? And the only thing I can think of is he was meant to spaghettify. And what does spaghettify do? And my thinking is like maybe, and we, uh, we've had, I think, feedback to this effect. And I, and I like this theory that when he spaghettified, it spread Kang throughout the multiverse. Like, like, like that hmm. creates the multiversal war because like Kang's 
spaghettified corpse <laughs> for basically is spread around the timeline. I'm not sure that that's what I would go with. That seems a little gross. Uh, just like, <laughs> yeah, because like the spaghettification just looks like a very brutal death. But if it's like parts of him being divided, you know, amongst all of the various timelines, that would be that would be super gross. And I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the 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 whole thing of it with He Who Remains is that. Like that was his plan, and he was planning for Loki to come back or whoever to come back there and have that chat with him and like see that, like, of course, everything's going to blow up. Everything is, you know, I, I have crafted everything in such a way that, like, this is just this is the ultimate way, or like, this is the only way that this can end. Like, mm-hmm. this is the, the ultimate decision you have to take over. I don't want to do this anymore. And I wonder, like, that was his plan, but then that didn't quite work out because Loki decided, no, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it a different way. I choose, I choose option C. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm hoping. I really hope that what he did there was not part of He Remains' his plan and that maybe we do get another multiversal war, but without, like... It's just kind of interesting. Like, the whole series is, it's been all Kang's plan all along. Kang all along. He (laughs) paved the road. He is Agatha. He paved the road. He got you here. And then you had to make this decision. You make the decision. And then the entire second season is just them getting rid of the failsafe. So, like, the failsafe that was supposed to be there to create the multiversal war that would cause him to come back is no longer there. So like now we have a truly free timelines, but that's going to lead to more Kangs, which will lead to more problems. But it's just a matter of like it, there is no expectation of he who remains this time. It's just like a whole new timeline, a whole new multiverse that is allowed to live. Multiverse. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) <laughs> a new fantastic form of green. Um, I don't know. A uh, new fantastic Yggdrasil. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I still like, golly, that ending. The the idea of him at the center of Yggdrasil and it like tying into the loom and the multiverse. I didn't see that coming. Not one little bit. And it like. Nope. That's the kind of stuff that I like watch this stuff for, man. It really and, is. Uh, the the way that like the that that black and gold material that mm-hmm. that the citadel was made of and and sitting on like all of that crept up onto his head and came out to be his horns like yeah oh so cool yeah i'm i'm watching it right now as we're talking it's so good man it's so so good <laughs> but anyway to 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 get reiterate back to andre's question i i I don't know. They, they they might do something with that where the sacred timeline matters. But in my mind, he who, the story of He Who Remains is over. Like, I think that we're done with He Who Remains now. Um, the, the whole sacred timeline thing was a Loki thing. It helped us to understand how the multiverse works, to maybe understand the Kang and, and, and his variants and, like, how they work. Um by the way, we, we previously talked about it on a feedback episode. Me and Ashley could not remember what happened to Victor Timely. Like when 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 he goes out there to uh when Loki goes out there, had he already gone out or was it before? And it was before. We couldn't remember. It was before. Yeah. Yeah. So Victor um, Timely did survive and is in the TVA. Yeah, that that version of Victor Timely is has survived and is in the TVA, but didn't he also like? Didn't there also show a, a clip where like uh, that young Victor Timely was just like he, he just existed in Chicago without yeah, getting the book? Exactly. So like, I guess he reset. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if like that's a new variant, or if this Victor Timely is still. Like you said, if it it, does he not, because that's not the way the multiverse works in this scenario, right? Like we we've seen the multiverse when there's a difference in the way someone was raised or whatever, it's just a variant. So like 
that Victor Timely should still exist at the TVA, but they don't show him. They show all the other characters and where they ended up. They don't show Victor. So, like, I don't know. I don't know why we don't see Victor. Mm. Um, unless <sighs> unless it has something to do with the the drama happening with the actor and they had some sort of like last role for yeah. him at the TVA and then they just had to cut it for, for, for reasons of changes they're making. You know, I, I wonder if there could have been another scene like at the end of, um, and then, uh, quantum mania at the end of quantum mania where there was, you know, the, the council or whatever of mm-hmm. Kang's and, uh, oh, you know, yeah. having them talking about like, Oh, the, uh, he who remains or, you know, whatever the, whatever they referred to him as like, Oh, he's done. He's gone. His plan failed. Uh, so now, you know, the multiverse is wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Except in that world, those Kangs wouldn't exist at that point. They wouldn't have any recollection of, of a, he who remains universe. You know what I mean? Like maybe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to know. If they're watching the timeline the same way that that he who remains was, like you know, like Kang does, like he's you know he's got a view of time. Well, Kinda. as far as I understand it, though, he is the only Kang. Like that's the whole point of he who remains. He's the yeah, one. He's that's the last left. one left. Right. So like they would have to somehow have been viewing him while they didn't exist, which may be possible through technology or whatever. They may have had some uh, like view of the past of what happened on the timeline before. Um, man, this scene is stunning. Golly. <laughs> Just absolutely stunning. And, and um, we, we, we'll, we're nearing the end here, but uh, we got one feedback here from our buddy, John Irons. And I feel like we got to hit that. Oh, in the, in the non Patreon feedback. Yeah. yeah <laughs> from, you, know, you got to call John out like that, but no, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, J- John's our good friend and he uh, does captain game show. So, um, check out Captain Game Show. It's a great like yeah. Captain Game Show was so fun. It's so much fun. It really is. It's word wordplay game show uh podcast. You know I love to play with words. Mm, you do. You do. <laughs> Put those words down, Jeff. Ooh. <laughs> Stop playing with them. <laughs> Can't play with your words in public like that. Yeah, Come on. You find some privacy to play with your words. <laughs> All right, so John says, it was so effing perfect. I guess talking about the the ending. Yeah. Random stuff that occurred to me. At the end of Thor Ragnarok, Asgard was destroyed, but it always bugged me that it wasn't recreated. The Ragnarok myth isn't just destruction. It's the idea that it exists in a cycle and things happen over and over. So Loki ending at the beginning of the tree absolutely tracks. As OB pointed out in Science Slash Fiction, it wasn't a science problem. It was one of the heart. It wasn't enough that Loki was the protagonist of the story. He had to decide to be the hero. Loki reshaped the timelines into a more natural, quote-unquote, system. So there aren't new timelines, but the ones that already exist are stable now. Loki gave you one final hair flip, Ashley. Smile the face (laughs) emoji. And the end reminded me of Avatar The Last Airbender. Aang is a pacifist, but the only way to save everyone is to kill the Fire Lord. It's an impossible choice. He asks everyone close to him for advice, not just friends, and ultimately creates a third option that no one predicted, but makes perfect sense. That's it. So now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to have a slice of key lime pie and watch this amazing show all over again. Love you guys 3,000 centuries later. P.S. Watching this episode again, it opens with a, a view in the midst of the chaos, then goes down the gangway and into the TVA with everyone inside. Given what we know now, it's cool to think this might actually be Loki's point of view. Oh, I love that. I love that. Mm. Yeah, it's what a what a wonderful ending. Thank you, thank you, John, for writing in. Um Yeah. I like the the more natural system, organic even, you know, yeah. like a tree. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. It it feels like it's how the multi when, when I rewatched it just now as we were talking, like I was like paying attention because the what's it what what's so interesting to me is like this view from outside the multiverse, and there's like in this in this view of it, there's all this space around it too, and yeah. you can kind of see in the background there's a little bit of more like wispy stuff. Like what's that? 
you know, what's out there? You know what I mean? Like, what is it's another tree? <laughs> is it another tree? Are there is it trees on trees on trees out there? Like, I don't know, man. It's yeah. <sighs> are there multiple Loki's sitting at the like center it's- of multiple Idrisils? <laughs> oh man, it's the it's the eleven tenth. I think it's the tenth dimensional theory, or the tenth or eleventh dimensional theory of like. Uh, you know, the, the third dimension is what we experience as, uh, you know, space, right? Right. But we only get cross-sections of the fourth dimension, time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you think of time as a line, or, like, everything that happens in time from the beginning of the universe to the end of the universe, whatever that one end is, that is everything in a line, in a straight line that would be a one-dimension so then if you think about uh, from that origin, that singular origin, to all of the possible endings, you come into two dimensions, right? And then when you, like, you eventually get to, like, all of the possible beginnings of the universe and all of the possible ends of the universe, and, like, everything that could happen, you think about that as, like, some ridiculous number of dimensions higher than, you know, what we experience. So, like... With that, it could obvi- it could easily track to be like, oh, there's multiple Lokis on mo- multiple yeah. Yggdrasils, yeah, and they absolutely. just don't ever connect in any way. Mm-hmm. Golly, uh, it's such a it's such a beautiful ending. Uh, I'm trying to like I'm re- reading over John's feedback to see if there's anything I like even to respond to. John's just like, this is so good, <laughs> and I agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> I love though that that he brings up the Ragnarok myth because it's oh, not yeah. it's not just destruction it's destruction and rebirth yeah like it's it's starting over and which is, I guess I was thinking the rebirth was their new existence on Earth I guess was my thought could be but but like yeah it, it, this is definitely it's interesting too because this is a Loki from before that Ragnarok occurred you know yep so. <sighs> I just love it. I love the ending so much. <laughs> it's just so freaking beautiful. And we talked about it a lot in this episode about how like has those great dark moments. And this is one of those dark, like a moment that can be that dark and like sad, but also beautiful and touching. And it's so built on so, so such depth of storytelling of the Loki character from the very beginning to this moment. Yeah just can't like it's one of the best moments in the mcu i i think i said it on a previous episode and i don't know if you were here but this is like this as an ending to a story is as good as tony stark like oh yeah as good as tony stark finally getting his ending um which was you know one of the best one of the best endings to a character we've gotten in the mcu this was this was right there next to it i love it so his last line in Iron Man, mm-hmm. I am Iron Man. That's right? right. And then his last line, you know, of life was, and I am Iron Man. And the snap. Yeah. And the same, they did the same thing here. They did the same thing for Loki. Yep. Where he was like, for you, for all of us. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing he said to his father when he was hanging off the Rainbow Bridge. That's yep. so cool. Good connection. Good connection, Jeff. Golly. They couched him. They couched him in the same way. They did it. They did it, man. <laughs> Marvel still got it, baby. <laughs> they do. They really do. Like this show was freaking great. Um, and I, I say give. I, I'm re- it brings us back to the beginning of this episode. Michael Waldron uh, being uh, like tapped to write. Uh, anything Marvel going forward is a great thing. And yeah. so the idea that he's working on um, Kang Dynasty or whatever it may become uh, is just really exciting to me. Give Michael Waldron all the money. Let him give him all the projects. Give him all the money and all the projects. I'll rub his back. It'll be fine. <laughs> give him all the projects, all the money, and all the back rubs. Yeah. Specifically Jeff's back rubs. He lives, Jeff, you live close enough to LA. Like, you live in LA. You could like get over there and do back rubs for a yeah, Hollywood yeah, writer. Yeah, you shouldn't be too far away, right? Yeah. <laughs> Marvel calls you, for, calls you for that. Like, Jeff, we noticed like, on I'm your podcast. You up on it. <laughs> He has actually recommended, he's asked for it in his contract that uh, Jeff Randall of the MCU cast give him back rubs every day. <laughs> you have to you have to drive into, you know, wherever in LA he lives and give him back rubs. Yeah, man, I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, 
Uh, all right, guys. Well, that's that's gonna be it for today for our here podcast. Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna be back more. For, actually, I believe we're gonna cover Captain America's First Avenger on Monday, which are will we? be the episode that drops Tuesday. Uh, that's the plan. We hope you can be there, Jeff. I hope I can be there too. We'll talk about it. What am I doing on Monday? I've probably got some freaking doctor's appointment. You know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Every freaking time. <laughs> Every Monday. No, uh, we, but that's exciting. We're going to get back to our Infinity Saga rewatch now that we have some uh, have a break for like two weeks until we hit. We're hoping, because I think the next, the next movie after, ah, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. We were talking about maybe getting to Iron Man 3 for the holidays, but we're not going to make it. Unless we maybe if we do it every week, maybe if we do one every Monday, we'll we'll get to Iron Man three for the holidays. We have three weeks before um, the twenty second when what if starts. So yeah, yeah, we could we could pull it off. I think if we do it every Monday, because it'd be Captain America: First Avenger, The Avengers, and then Iron Man three. Yeah. Let's go for it, man. It's Christmas. We got to get to Iron Man 3. All right, we're going to try. Yeah. We'll, we'll do our best. Unless something crazy <laughs> drops from Marvel that we have to cover, I think we can pull it off. All right. Uh, Jeff, thanks for being here, bud. Of course. Um, My pleasure, always, sir. Always a blast to cast with you. Blast to cast. Blast from the cast. Um, peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons. Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends.